Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. The information shared in this show is for general informational purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. Welcome everyone to the Senior Living 411 series. Tonight's topic is around COVID-19. It's on the 411 on surviving COVID-19. I, for most people, when the conversation around COVID-19 starts, one of the first comments is, do you even know anybody who has it? Most people you speak to, myself included, do not. Outside of what you see on the news and out of all my family and friends, there have been no cases. So one day while in Facebook, I came across a testimony shared by one of my Facebook friends detailing her brother's experience with COVID-19. I've seen a lot of videos and read a lot of stories around this topic. However, this one, this was one of the most detailed recounts of the experience with COVID that I've heard thus far. I immediately felt a need to share his story. I reached out to her and asked her if her brother would be willing to allow me to interview him on this show. And he said, yes. This video has been pre-recorded, so join me as I share my screen and interview our special guest, Richard. All right, so Richard, thank you for agreeing to do this important interview with me. Uh, just before we really get into the, the whole story, can you share with us your age and your overall lifestyle? Sure, I'm 52 years old. I, uh, I have a very active lifestyle from hiking, climbing, uh, boating, kayaking, skiing, um, mountain biking. Um, I, I, I stay quite fit. So the cardio related things as well, hiking and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. great. And do you have any, did you have any pre-existing health conditions like asthma or any heart concerns. I do. I, um, prior to this, I had oh. asthma. I hadn't had an asthma attack or needed an inhaler for over seven years. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, up until a month ago, I've been on inhalers every day. Right, right, right. Wow. Okay. And um, mask or no mask? Well, there's a whole debate on people who believe in wearing masks or not wearing Definitely mask. a mask. Definitely a mask. Okay. Yeah. And have you, would you say overall, you've obeyed, you know, the social distancing protocol and maintain yeah. bubble and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kept, um, you know, um, talking to friends on the phone, texting, uh, don't really have anybody coming over, um, uh, except for my close knit um, family and, and partner, that's about it. Right, and yeah. I know you're out in, in, in BC, are the, are, what are the rules there? Is it similar to Ontario? Um, I don't know the rules in Ontario, so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you if they're similar, um, but yeah, it's six feet apart, um, social yeah. distancing, um, mandatory mask doors, mandatory mask in all, um, retail space or restaurants or walking into restaurants and out of restaurants. Um, yeah, it's pretty, so it's the same. It's the same as yeah. what we have here. 
Can you share with me the days leading up to you going to the hospital emergency room? Um, hard for me to remember, but I, yes, I can. Um, I believe I was out, out and about normal. Everything was fine. Um, I was being active. Uh, there was no signs. I didn't get any fever. I didn't get any uh, cough. Um, what I got was pain. I got a lot of pain. Um, all my joints hurt and not like your flu type of soreness. It was actual pain where I couldn't get comfortable. Um, so um, I went into the hospital. Uh, the day before I went into the hospital, I had headaches. Um, and I don't normally get headaches. So uh, which was strange and I just let it go. But then the following day I had body pains and aches everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what sent me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. so, so just yeah. to be clear, up until that point, you still had no fevers, none of the. I, I didn't have a single fever throughout this whole entire process. Okay. I didn't have um, a lot of the questions that they asked me, do I have a fever, diarrhea or anything like that? Uh, I didn't have any of that. Um, all I had was breathing issues. Mm. Okay, yeah. so that was like your first sign, really, the aches and the breathing issues then? Yeah. Okay. And when they said they were going to do a COVID test, uh, yeah. what, I guess, can you take me through, like, what are the thoughts going through your mind? Because that's something that I know it's a not a comfortable experience to have the test done, but also, you know, were you afraid at that point or think you know couldn't be? Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually my second test. Um, uh, I had a test when in back in March um, because I had um, uh, I think it was a um, sorry. So one of the things I do have is brain fog from okay. COVID. Um, the uh, in March I had gone in to the doctor because I felt tightness on my chest. Um, so they gave me right away a, um, a test and right. it was negative. So, um, I knew what to expect when they asked me if I wanted to do a test again, I said, yeah, that's fine. Um, and, um, I said, I'd rather a test than not a test because I, I don't think the doctor was telling me that, um, I probably have the flu and I was thinking, well, this is not the flu, I've had the flu before. I can guarantee you that these pains are not from the flu. Um, so it'd be great to get a test. And uh, so they, they administered the test and I don't see anything wrong with having a test. It doesn't really hurt as what a lot of people think it does. Um, um, so they gave me the test and I came home after that. Um, and they gave me some painkillers too for all the pain that I was experiencing. Um, and then uh, it was the following day I got the results back um, and I was positive. So. And when you received the results, was it in person or were you on the phone when you received the results or on the computer? The results, the results came uh, via phone call mm -hmm. um, and uh, which point uh, I, I wasn't surprised. Uh, because I, I wasn't feeling any better. Um, I was actually feeling a little bit worse. Um, and yeah. So. And 
at that point, um, did the other members of your household, if you live with anyone, have to get tested as well? Or I had um, a, a roommate, like I, I rent out a room, um, who she had moved in on the 1st of November. And now I think we're at the 9th or 10th of November. Right. And I just get this positive, And they're telling me that she has to isolate from me. So, um, which is kind of a, um, she's been a good sport throughout the whole entire thing because she's been in lockup longer than I have. So, yeah. And so what was the initial reaction that, you know, your, your family, the people closest to you had when you told them that you tested positive? Uh, I would say a little bit of a panic. Mm -hmm. um, my family's back east where uh, um, it's pretty heavily happening, like back in Ontario and in, in Quebec. Yeah. Um, so there was a good scare there for a few weeks for them. Um, they were definitely, um, I, I was getting phone calls two or three times a day from everyone in my family. So, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I know one of the things a lot of people they're saying um, are afraid to tell people that they've been positive. There's a fear of a stigma that some people have of saying, you know, this has happened. And I think it's because they, it's something that's happening worldwide, but it, it does affect people mentally. They don't want that stigma attached to them. So they stay clear of the conversation. Yeah. Um, what I think it's the unknown. You know, for me, I thought, well, I don't really want to tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. Um, I don't want to be treated any differently. I don't want to be, when I'm cured, I don't want people to think, oh, he, I may still get it from him. Yeah. Uh, but it's been the complete opposite. Um, everyone's like, oh, you've had it? Okay, great. You know, like, I don't feel yeah. um, scared around you now. And, and that was a relief because I thought it would, it would shine people away right, so, right. Um, uh, yeah so people have been supportive which is which is good to hear as we should yep. be as we yep. should be. um you mentioned being in and out of the hospital several times um I can't recall but how many times how many hospital visits what was your longest stay um, uh, they were all short because the hospital doesn't want you there oh um, okay yeah. they, they want the hospitals for the um the really 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 bad cases okay um, Plus, I'm infected. They don't want me in there if I can deal with it at home. Um, I was there five times, uh, three emergency or three uh, ambulance wow. runs because um, I wasn't able to drive for those ones. They were in the middle of the night. Um, uh, and uh, then one trip all the way to Vancouver from Squamish because I had to go for a um, CAT scan of my lungs. They were afraid of um, uh, blood clotting in my lungs, so um, that showed uh, negative, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, they, they took every precautionary because um, my first emergency trip, um, even my oxygen levels were low. Yeah. Uh, but ever since then, it's it's been fine. It's been a hundred percent right across right. the board. That's yeah. good. Here. Um, there's a part of your story where it really touched me and you stated, I've spent the last three weeks trying to breathe. Yeah. We all know how important oxygen is and I cannot begin yeah. to imagine what that feels like. 
Can you elaborate? Is it, you know, like being underwater and holding your breath, waiting to come uh, up? Um, I wouldn't say being underwater because underwater you, you, you can't breathe. Yeah. I can breathe, but it didn't feel like I was getting any breath. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, it's even, even right now, my chest feels like there's um, straps wrapped around it so that I can't get a full breath. Um, yeah, it's not a pleasant thing. And even at night, um, when you go to sleep and you lie down, it becomes worse. So um, yeah, breathing was um, difficult for sure. Um, and then it felt like, um, because my heart rate would drop so low, um, it felt like I was stopping breathing. Um, and I was still awake, so it was kind of scary. So I'd have to sit up every time. Um, but then I found out that um, because a normal heart rate is between 60 and 80. Okay. Uh, mine, when I'm lying down, is around 42. Mm -hmm. uh, my normal just sitting around doing nothing is about 54. So um, because I'm healthy, I found out it's not because I'm sick. It's because I'm healthy. Okay. Uh, and uh, I didn't know that. So uh, I was kind of worried about that. Uh, there's uh, some, something they call this, this is um, anxiety. Uh, I never had anxiety before, before this. Uh, mm. But um, what you think is going on and what is actually happening is, you know, stressful. So of course, of you course, know, you have nobody, nobody to talk to in person other than, you know, um, the, the, the emergency people that I'd be with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you mentioned that you know when your heart rate being at forty-two, it's amazing the number of alarms that go off when your heart rate drops normal. So that yeah. must be a combination of that and anxiety because you're like, oh, okay, what's going to happen now? You know, yeah. it's unknown. Well, I hadn't slept in two days, and um, and I had to go to the hospital again. So I went to the hospital again and they hooked me up on heart monitors and um, they um, turned off the lights and closed the room at, at the door and said, just try and go to sleep. And every time I tried to go to sleep, uh, the alarm would go off because my heart rate would drop below where they have it. So they'd come in and change that. And then I'd try and go to sleep again and it would drop again below even that monitor. and. Uh, Eventually, they figured it out at 42 is where I rest. Baseline, at, so. so to speak. Yeah. They weren't expecting. Oh, did you have to sleep more at like an inclined position as opposed to flat? Yeah. Because yeah. of the stiffness? I'm thinking, I know when you have a cold. Uh, it, it wasn't just um, the breathing. My sinuses were, um, um, the sinus fluids were very stringy. Yeah. Which um, became very difficult because. Um, I know it's kind of gross to talk about, but um, it'd be at the back of my throat, hanging from my sinuses down to, into my chest. And when you lie down, you can feel it there. Yeah. So, yeah. So it kind of um, uh, made things even more worse. So you're probably always trying to like kind of hawk to get it out of there. Yeah. Clear, clear well, my throat. Right? It wouldn't go anywhere. It, it's yeah. as if it's a, an elastic band almost. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and in your written testimony, you shared, I counted it, about 14 key points 
that summarize what this has been like. Um, do you have that in front of you or can you just run us through that? Um, what I want, I, I can tell you why, why I put key points in there is um, a lot of people don't enjoy reading too much nowadays. They prefer pictures and, and they've got short attention spans. So I wanted to show people really briefly what, um, what was involved in the entire experience and right. um, um, you know, how many um, trips to the hospital, how many um, ambulance drivers took me back and forth, how many doctors and nurses were involved. And I was very conservative with those numbers because uh, um, it was hard for me to even count for the amount of people that just kept coming in and out, the phone calls that they had to make outside the hospital um, to other hospitals. Um, uh, it, it just, there, there was so much going on for me. And I was very, um, I still am worried that, you know, if this pandemic gets out of hand, which it's starting to again, um, there's gonna be thousands and thousands of people like me and if you look at what was involved just to take care of me, and I'm not, I wasn't considered a so-called serious case. I didn't um, uh, require to stay overnight. Um, we don't have the capability to help everybody and mm. some really tough choices would have to be made. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's so true. Yeah. And when I was in the hospital, one of the um, nurses and a couple doctors told me that the best I, I was curious about, you know, what has happened over the last few months with them. I, I was asking questions um, and they said the best thing that I could do is to tell people. And um, and I thought about it for a while and I wasn't going to. And I saw so many people online, you know, the anti-maskers, the um, people that just are um, coming up with theories and the, 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 your Facebook scientists. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of getting on my nerves because everybody who, and, and these are people that I know, um, uh, everybody that I know can't relate to this because they don't know anybody. So then I thought, well, if I put a face to it, hmm. They might think differently and that that was the whole purpose of that post that i did um just to show people that you know it's real yeah where we live in the second phase but the first phase we didn't have very many cases mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. we were told to do all these things and yet, even through the first phase, there was nothing happening here. Right but now, that we're in the second phase, uh, it's definitely here. Uh, it's definitely around everybody here. Um, mm -hmm. So, I think the difference yeah. in phase two is the first phase we saw it mostly attacking seniors in communal settings. So you know, a group of them in long term yep. retirement. But this phase is is different. It's it has no boundaries, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, so no, I'm watching. Um, uh, go ahead. We, we've locked up the senior, right? So uh, they're mm -hmm. safe. Yes. To, to some degree. So to speak. And, yes. Um, they, so to speak. Right. Um, it's it's the people like myself and younger kids. Um, 
and even in babies uh, are all being infected now. Um, yeah. And, and to all different degrees, right? Um, where people like myself, you, you hear about, uh, because I s told people, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there's so many people that you don't hear about um, who also don't even go to the hospital, who don't even get a test, who are at home just dealing with it. Yeah. And those numbers are accounted for. Um, and like myself, I didn't want to go to the hospital. Um, when I got tested positive, um, I got a phone call every day from nurse, uh, the um, nurses seeing how I am. And every single time they said to me, if you feel any issues, don't hesitate, go to the hospital. Right. Um, I should have I should have listened to it a few times because I let it drag out, um, yeah. hoping that it would calm down, but it didn't calm down. Mm. So, um, and I go to the hospital for it to calm down. So, right. Yeah. Were you ever on a ventilator at all, or no? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. Okay. They gave, uh, they gave me my inhalers with steroids. They gave me um, a few different pills um, for that. Um, and thankfully, I wasn't on the uh, Yeah, thank, thank God. Yeah. Um, there's a part where you mentioned in your list two weeks of being completely alone and scared of falling asleep and not waking up. I think that's where it really touched me. What, yeah. what kind of mindset did you have to put yourself in to keep your spirits up and, and keep uh -huh. you going? Um, when I told I, I, I literally only told uh, my mother and within a few hours, all my siblings were contacting me. Um, and then, then after that, friends were calling um, just, just to see what I was doing. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'd had to explain to them that, you know, where I'm at. And um, after that, the amount of outpouring that came um, kept me busy and kept my spirits up. Um, even though I was alone, uh, I think my sister said it, uh, uh, I was never alone. I was only by myself. Ah, so, good way uh, to put it. So you yeah. still had that community uh, around you of family and friends that you weren't really. Friends and family who've never, um, video conference with me before have, have had all started doing it. Yeah. Just my face and see what I'm going through. Right. Um, which was nice because, uh, I mean, I didn't look in good shape by any means, um, but yeah, it was, it was good to have that support. Yeah. If, if there is a positive side to it, which really is hard to say, but I would say that we are lucky to be in such a time as this, when we do have the technology able to connect, because if you'd gone back 20 years, snail mail, you'd be writing people. We didn't yeah. have, you know, video conferencing and Zooms and even text messaging. I don't think, did we have, 20? no, we didn't have text messaging 20 years ago. So yeah, definitely pictures, right? Yeah, oh, so technology. Pagers. Oh, pager, that's what it was, right? You'd have to page, that's right. You could yeah. say hello on a pager. I think you put certain numbers and you flip it upside down. But yeah, in all yeah. honesty, we didn't, so technology is is, an, is a blessing in this incident, in this yeah. case, that we, we have that to, to still. It is and it isn't because, um, it is for communication amongst friends and family, um, but as far as um, uh, propaganda, it's uh, terrible. Yeah, no, I, I, I and then anyway, is, and this, it, yeah, uh, 
So, yeah. True, true, true. Um, you mentioned that you were not seeking sympathy, which is quite humble of you. Um, you know, what do you hope is your biggest, if you had one takeaway from this, what do you hope is your biggest takeaway from those hearing your story, especially going into the Christmas season when people are more prone to disobey the, the rules and regulations that have been put into place? Uh, that's a difficult one. I mean, <clears throat> everybody wants to see their family, right? We look forward all year to seeing our family. Um, I spent the last five weeks not seeing my kids, mm. which is the longest I've ever gone without seeing them. Right. Um, that was difficult because they're my support too, right? Um, the one thing I would take away from this or give it as an advice is um, be patient. Um, you don't know what the person next to you is going through. Um, and be aware that you do have an effect on others. Um, you know, this will be over soon. Uh, we've gone through so many other diseases or viruses in the past that have all said they're going to kill us all. Um, and we've made it through it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't patient. Um, and I get it, you know, we all want to live our own lives, but um, sometimes you just have to batten down the hatch and sit there until something's over and then you can go back to living again, normal life. Um, we will get back to that. Uh, it may not be the exact same. Uh, it may be a little bit better. Uh, so until that happens, um, just be patient. Yeah, that's what I've had to say to my teenage daughter who, you know, wants to go back in school. And I'm like, no, you're staying home. And it's like, listen, you just need to really be patient right now until we get past this. We just gotta, because for me, my biggest fear is if my child were to get it, how does a parent stay away from being with their child? That's that's like, you want to take it yourself, almost a disease yourself and say, you know what, give it to me. Let me take it. Let me bear that burden for you. So yeah. uh, I, I definitely agree with the patients. You know, as far as you, on a scale of, and I, I like using scales, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> Not a good day. Um, so I have good days and bad days. Today, I feel like a six. Mm. Um, yesterday, I was probably a seven. I don't think I've gone beyond a seven, maybe seven and a half. Okay. Uh, but today's definitely a six. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, were you ever able to trace or think back on how or where you may have contracted COVID? Uh, no. So the contact tracer could not figure it out uh, be mm -hmm. between, yeah. right. between me and the contact tracer we're stuck at. So um, mm -hmm. into a quick day. Yeah. yeah. My next question may be a little bit difficult to answer. I'm just going to ask it though. Um, there's been a, a lot of talk and probably some propaganda um, that once you get corona, you're immune. Mm -hmm. However, I've also heard of people who've had it more than once. So yeah. with that being said, are you an advocate for the vaccine? Because lots of talk around the vaccine as well. Um, yeah. What are your opinions on that? Having had it, do you think you'll get it? Um, having, having had it, having experienced what I just went through, um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I did a lot of meditation 
while it was going on to tr just to keep me calm. Um, the, and, and I'm not one to meditate. <laughs> right. So it goes to show you what I, the, uh, what I did to get through this. Um, the, um, hmm. Sorry, you have to ask me that a question again. Okay. Um, the, the, the summary of the bonuses of, of this COVID is, is I keep forgetting things. So yeah, no, that, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, are you planning on getting the vaccine? Yes. Um, yes, I definitely am because uh, I would one, it scares the hell out of me. Two, not the vaccine. Um, let's make that straight. Um, yeah. Having what I just went through, knowing what I just went through, uh, scares the hell out of me. Mm. Um, also, the unknown of if I were to get it again, mm. would it be worse or would it be easier? Mm. I don't ever want to try that. Yeah. The gamble I would all ever, ever go through. I understand uh, that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you have any other, I know you gave some great advice already. Do you have any closing words for our listeners? Anything that you haven't shared that you want to? Put in there for our listeners to, to to hear and to to know um be patient this this too shall pass yeah be patient this too shall pass and this is more of a, a lighter side of my questioning i just threw it in there if and I, I think you probably should do this i know you're, you're i think you're a photographer so if right. if you were to write a book hmm. about this experience what would you call it uh i i thought about that um and the only thing that comes to my mind is breathless. Breathless. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You think you may decide to pen this experience? I'm I'm sorry. May you might you decide to actually pen this experience and, and make it a story? Um I I don't think so. That's not uh, my style. Um yeah. The, the it's very rare that I actually would post what I did post that caught yes. so many people's attention. Um, I usually just post pictures and yeah. not writing with the pictures. So yeah, uh, yeah. You're more of a person of imagery. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know, again, I want you to to thank you for saying yes because um, I guess so often in life, a lot of people wouldn't have even asked a complete stranger to interview them because they're afraid of a no. But I always tell my daughter, a yes has never made anybody just wither away and die. So. Yeah. I thank you for saying yes. I thank you for sharing. And as I said to you yesterday when we spoke briefly, I think if we touch even one person and make a difference, yeah. then we have done our job. So yeah. definitely, you know, thank you. And I'm um, just going to stop recording right now. Okay. So once again, you know, thank you. There are a few key points that I, I did want to highlight uh, about this interview. Richard chose not to share the list that he shared in his original post with us. However, I felt it necessary to share. So here we go. And remember this list is condensed because again, like he said, people have a very short attention span. Five trips to the emergency room, 35 to 45 doctors and nurses treating him, six ambulance workers, so much money and drugs spent to keep him breathing and to mask the pain. Three weeks in lockdown. Four weeks of not seeing his kids and counting. Two weeks of being completely alone and scared of falling asleep 
and not waking up. Three weeks of family back east in Ontario here, worried, sick. Three weeks of his family in BC where he is, worried, sick. Three weeks of friends, worried, sick. Three weeks and counting of breathing issues. Three weeks and counting of no smell or taste. Three weeks of not working, started back now, but he gets tired quickly. He lost 10 pounds, which he considered not really a bad thing. And he was able to smile when saying that. And he also mentioned brain fog. He says that one day he feels good and thinks the worst is over. And the next day he's back in the hospital. That happened a few times. He also wanted us to keep in mind that again, the list is condensed because he wanted to keep it short enough for everyone to listen. Richard also stated that you do not know who this will affect and how it will affect them. And that's what's scary about it. You are alone. The words I heard his sister say to him though, he was never alone. He was only by himself. So in the midst of his family not being with him physically, they were with him. You don't know what another person's going through. And there's a comment that someone posted on my Facebook page after another person shared their experience of losing their 96 year old mother who was otherwise healthy to COVID. And in it, this person stated that he had family members who had contracted COVID and friends die from it. However, he felt that we were being manipulated into a state of fear. And that the fact is that 99% of the people survive COVID. I chose to delete the comment because I felt it was insensitive to make such a comment when someone else is expressing their grief. I will, however, comment right now. COVID is a worldwide disaster. The population of the world is approximately 7.8 billion people. I did a fact check and COVID actually has a survival rate of 98%. And while 2% may seem slim, 2% of 7.8 billion is 156 million. That's 156 million people dead in the last eight months. That is more than the population of several countries. Furthermore, COVID has infected 10% of the world population. That's 780 million people who have contracted and recovered. However, it's also a fact that the long-term effects are unknown. My point is it's okay to have your own beliefs. However, it is inhumane to disregard any life that has been lost or the precautions that we must take to avoid any more necessary deaths. I will close off by quoting the words of Richard in my interview. Be patient, people. Be patient. This too will pass, but desperate times call for desperate measures. I wanna thank you all for your support this past year during season one of the Senior Living 411 series. And I look forward to seeing everyone for season two in 2021. Have a safe and happy holiday season. And please share this post, like this post. It's on my YouTube channel as well, because I know I'm, sh I'm sharing it in the private group right, right, right now. I will be posting it into my YouTube channel. So just look up Senior Living 411 series. Let everyone know 
because the fact is it's real. And we have to do what we have to do and be patient to stop the spread. Have a good night.